This podcast contains graphic descriptions that some listeners may find disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. All right, now, with that being said, welcome to the Mortal Musings Podcast. fucking shit show today isn't it just just a tad just a little bit yeah so basically we're just we're just trying to record our ad and um you know we we do not have the right voice no no <laughs> we apparently got some funny we've, apparently we've seen likable as a podcast but to do an ad when people don't Mm-mm. we do not have the us. voice yeah. no jesus and then Christ. so i thought oh i know what i'll do the guy who did our intro and our outro, I'll send it to him for him to buff up our voices, buff up the quality. And he said, that's unusable. Yeah. The guy sounds bored. I'm like, yeah. that's my fucking accent. <laughs> yeah, so we're shit. But it's okay. It's okay. That That's what a voiceover actors are for. We'll, we'll get it done. We'll get it sorted. So we'll get into today's case, and uh, it's 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 a harder one. Okay. Um, I'll warn you now; it does involve a child, so it's it's going to be a tough one. It's a tough one to tell, tough one to hear. Okay. Okay. So, Judith Barcy. Okay. Judith Barcy was born on the sixth of June in nineteen seventy eight in Los Angeles, California, and she was born to parents Joseph and Maria Barcy. Her parents were both immigrants who fled Hungary independently during the 1956 uprising. And Maria, she would later meet Joseph while she was working as a waitress in California. Mm -hmm. So as for Judith, she began her acting career at the age of five after she was discovered at an ice rink. And Judith was very petite and she actually looked quite a bit younger than her age, which was great for her because it helped her just get even more roles yeah judith was very successful her first role was in a television miniseries called fatal vision and she would go on to guest on many tv shows including the twilight zone punky brewster cheers cagney and lacey the love boat the tracy ullman show growing pains and saint elsewhere she also starred in Jaws The Revenge. Um, she voiced Anne-Marie in All Dogs Go to Heaven and what I think a lot of people will remember her for, Ducky in The Land Before Time. <gasps> Ducky. I were, all... only, I were only watching that... When was well, I wasn't. I put it on for Norman. Yeah. But uh, Norman's a dog. Um, <laughs> Ducky. Yeah. Wait, she... She's dead. Mm-hmm. Do you know, I, I could still cry at Land Before Time when uh, Littlefoot's mum croaks it. I think majority of people in our age group have, have watched Land Before Time. You didn't need to it's... play that music. Mm. And I'd probably start bawling. She also starred in more than 70 advertisements, and the first of which was for Donald Duck Orange Juice. I never heard that myself. Donald Duck Orange Juice. Mm, I don't know if that was just before I was born or what. I've never heard of it. Or maybe it was just in America. Have you heard of it? No. They get everything. It doesn't even make sense. <laughs> it's just putting a name to something, <laughs> isn't it? Like, it's just... 
so other advertisements that she featured in, uh, they included Campbell's Soup, big one, mm-hmm. Toys R Us, big one, and Jif Peanut Butter, another big one. We don't have it over here, but I think we've all seen on TV or whatever. Jif? Yeah. J-I-F, oh, Jif. yeah, yeah. You, you, yeah, you will have seen it from time to time. Yeah, yeah. 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 So by the age of 10, Judith was earning around $100,000 a year, which that's the equivalent roughly to about a quarter of a million in 2023. At what, five year old? No, 10. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, by the age of 10 to be earning that. Yeah. Jesus. So now with Judith becoming such a high earner, the family were actually able to afford to buy a three-bedroom home in West Hills in San Fernando Valley. Is that a nice area or? Hold up. I think so. Okay. I, a quick look up, see where it is, but I don't know what I'm looking at really. I don't, I've never been to America. <laughs> but yeah. Her mother, Maria, was said to have heavily encouraged Judith's acting career. But it was also said that she would go to great lengths to maintain some normality and give her daughter a normal, happy childhood. Her mother's efforts to keep a happy home life were made increasingly harder, though, by the behaviour of Judith's father, Joseph. So her father, Joseph, he was an abusive alcoholic and the abuse was not just directed at Maria, but Judith too. Um, His drinking got pretty bad, and it would result in three arrests for DUIs. So it's been reported that a large part of his rage stemmed from his bruised ego. He just, he couldn't handle the fact that his daughter was the main source of income for the family. Not looking at it as... I'm so proud of you. Yes, my child. Mm. So uh, it's just... I have an example of an incident that was witnessed by someone. So there was one time Judith was out playing with her kite. Her father grabbed it off of her and she became upset because, you know, hey, playing with that. It's my fucking kite. Yeah. So when Judith became upset that he had done that, he decided to call her a spoiled brat and break the kite into pieces. So just, you know, a massive dick. But what did he take it off her for in the first place? I don't know. This this was just like something that was witnessed by, I think it was the neighbour. Okay. And it's just like, for what? Yeah. What was she doing wrong? And it's so, like, let's say she was acting a bit, you know, snotty with him. Yeah. It's probably a fucking reason for it, with <laughs> all the behaviour. Um, And as shitty as that behaviour is, like I said, it gets a lot worse. So, Joseph would often threaten to kill himself, Maria, and Judith. Peter Keevan, a friend of Joseph's, recalled that he had told him that he wanted to kill Maria, and Peter said he had heard Joseph say that hundreds of times. Peter would then say, I tried to calm him down. I tell him, if you kill her, what will happen to your little one? Joseph would reply, I gotta kill her too. So he was openly saying this, and yeah. Well, I say openly to to a friend. I don't know how close they were. If he yeah. thought he was confiding, but Jesus Christ, yeah. 
So when Judith got cast in Jaws The Revenge, she had to travel to the Bahamas for filming, right? Yeah. But before she went, her father gave her a little reminder. And the reminder was, if you decide not to come back, I will cut your throat while holding a knife to her. Fucking hell. Mm. So following on from that, Maria's brother remembered hearing Joseph say to his family, remember what I told you before you left. And he says that when he said that, Judith burst into tears. Yeah. So, you know, like, sometimes you'll hear a story in a case and people are like, oh, well, how do you know that happened? It, it doesn't mean we know it for a fact, but he's witnessing this going, hang on a sec. It kind of starts to all fall into place, doesn't it? Yeah. So by this stage, the abuse that they were suffering at the hands of Joseph was too much for Judith to take. Judith broke down in front of her agent. The outburst was shocking considering Judith was always seen and described as a happy, bubbly child. So because of that, her agent insisted that Judith see a psychiatrist who concluded there was a great deal of abuse that Judith had been put through. Judith had also started to compulsively pull out her hair. She plucked out her eyelashes and her cat's whiskers. What's cat's whiskers? A cat's whiskers. Oh, I thought whiskers you said her, cat. her no. cat's whiskers. Her, her so cats. I'm like, no, it belongs to the her. The fuck are they? No. <laughs> well, you have stupid names for fucking all sorts on your, yourself. Cat eye and fucking... No, it was her literal pet cat's whiskers. The poor fucking cat. I know, no good. She, right, so... Sorry, getting therapist. Why wasn't uh, Child Protective Services... The next line is Child Protective Services. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) But you're right. So Child Protective Services were contacted by the psychiatrist. But Maria assured them that she was beginning divorce proceedings and taking Judith with her. Maria had previously rented an apartment as a safe space for her and Judith to um, seek refuge during the day. And they would return home at night. That was the only time that they were kind of like spending in the family home. Yeah, yeah. One of their neighbours, Eunice Daly, encouraged Maria to get out after Maria had told her about the threats and abuse. Unfortunately, though, Maria told her, I can't because he'll come after us and kill us. And he's threatened to burn down the house. Maria had actually gone and sought help. But I mean, like with a lot of these situations, without hard evidence of abuse, it's hard to prove. And it would have put her and her daughter in an incredibly dangerous situation. So she didn't press charges. Yeah. yeah. At approximately 8.30 on the 27th of July, 1988, while in her garden, a neighbour heard a loud bang. This was the same neighbour that Maria had previously confided in. She said, quote, I heard an explosion and I saw smoke rising from the house. My first thought as I ran in to call 911 was, he's done it. He's killed them and set a fire in the house, just like he said he would. So, two days earlier, Joseph had shot both his wife and his daughter. Wait, what, so he was living in the house? Yes. With them deceased? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fucking hell. It's believed that he went into Judith's bedroom and shot her while she was sleeping. And then hearing the gunshot, Maria jumped out of bed and ran to see what was happening. When she got to the hallway, Joseph shot her too. 
So for let's, two, yeah, let's just hope she was asleep. Yeah, yeah. There's like no way to say it, but yeah. it's like it's the lesser of two evils, you know. So, like you've just said, for two days Joseph was living in the house with the body of his wife and daughter. So it wasn't until the morning of the 27th that he would pour an accelerant over the body of his wife and daughter, which he would then ignite before going to the garage and turning the gun on himself. So not only has he shot them, then lived with the bodies there, he's then poured, I'm guessing gasoline, over his daughter and wife and set them on fire. Yeah. So at Judith's funeral... Her on-screen father, Lance Guest, was one of the pallbearers. Actresses Tracy, Missy and Brandy Gold were in attendance. Brandy Gold had actually worked with Judith on her first job, Fatal Vision. And this is a hard one. That television series actually tells the story of a man who murdered his wife and kids and Judith played the role of his daughter. Fuck. Mm. What show is this? Uh, it was a television miniseries called Fatal Vision. Okay. So Brandy gave the eulogy at her funeral and she recited a poem called A Child of Mine by Edgar Albert Guest. And the final lines read, But should the angels call for her much sooner than we've planned, we'll brave the bitter grief that comes and try to understand. And it's just, you know, when you hear that and you picture... Judith and you picture like Ducky and all that it's just like fuck so Maria and Judith they were buried at Forest Lawn in the Hollywood Hills and the grave actually remained unmarked until 2004 when fans grouped together to get her a gravestone that's nice her gravestone is engraved with get ready for it our concrete angel and also yep 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 I knew it was going to be yep 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 (laughs) So, um, something I wanted to include in this because while researching the case, this kept bothering me, kept coming back around my head and I was like, I can't figure out how, I don't mean how it got to this point, like, you know, you see this type of shit happening, but it was how it got to that point that she had gone to a therapist that, uh, Child Protective Service had been called and nothing had happened, that Maria had gone to police about abuse, you know, so... Helen Kleinberg, a member of the Commission for Children's Services, said, quote, We can't save every child. But she did state that she was upset that the department had closed the case at the request of the mother. She added, From my point of view, the child was the client, not the mother. Yeah. Yeah. And as soon as I found that quote from her, I was like, thank you. That's so nice to hear because it just seemed to be that like, you know, whether Maria was trying to protect Judith and herself or what the situation was, it's, it was just horrible to hear that, you know, another person slipped through the cracks or more people slipped through the cracks. Uh, And like I said earlier, this is a hard case to hear and to tell. And I think the reason is not only because she was a child, but. Again, a lot of people in our age group felt sort of a connection, you know. It's Ducky. It's Ducky. She was someone who entertained us and made a mark on our childhood, you know. Or maybe if you're older, it made your child happy and we're part of their childhood. The only thing what I keep thinking now, 
is I can't remember her voice being different throughout the, you know, because didn't there like five Land Before Times? I can't ever remember her voice being different. I don't, I don't know. I was very young when I watched it. Like she, so she'd only be in the first one. Yeah, so she died in um, 88. Okay. Yeah, so she'll just be the first one. Yeah, I think so. I'll leave that to you. You're the expert on uh, 80s and 90s kids shows. <laughs> but yeah, I, I do think, um, you know, to have such a happy memory of like, oh my God, I remember that show. I love that show. And then you find out what she had to endure and she was going through this at the same time she was producing this character, making it come to life. Yeah. It's a very hard pill to swallow, I think. But as difficult as it is to talk about and to hear, those are the cases that are important to tell, I think. So to get us off this horrible story... Um, we'll do an oddity. Not, please, not, please make it a good one. It, it's actually, <laughs> it's not so much an oddity. It's more just something I came across that I thought was really funny. Okay. We've got to give the listeners a couple of laughs here. Like, I think it's funny. Okay. It's not a big story. It's literally something I came across. I was like, that's funny. We've got to say that. Okay. So, you know, Stephen King. The, the, the. The writer, yeah. Author. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's an icon, wouldn't you say? Yeah. He's massive. You know, he's got fucking Misery, Carrie, Green Mile, Shining. You know, I, I'd be here all day if I tried yeah. to list them all. He's brilliant. He's a massive figure in horror. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, what I wanted to tell you about him has sweet fuck all to do with that. Um... Did you know that Stephen King is obsessed with Mambo Number no. Five? The, the song. Yeah. No. Obsessed. His wife threatened to leave him over his love of Mambo Number no. Five. Not Ricky Martin. No. Lou something. What was his name? I can't remember. Oh yeah, another song. Yeah. Why did I think that was Ricky Martin? I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, he was obsessed with it. So he said, my wife threatened to divorce me. I played that a lot. (laughs) What the fuck? I loved those extended play things and I played both sides of it. And one of them was just total instrumental. I played that thing until my wife just said, one more time and I'm going to fucking leave you. Right. It sounds extreme, but hear me out. I I can actually see where she's coming from. When you... Right, I like Michael Jackson. Brilliant artist. You know, a lot of good songs. But when you get into your fucking Michael Jackson phase and you're listening to the same fucking songs over and over again. I literally have that written down here. And I'll tell you another one. Not Michael Jackson specifically. I'll tell you another one as well. Your Mother... Every day, she, I, I don't know if she does it now, but every day she would play uh, Birds, Birds. Birds? The song's about fucking 13 minutes long. It's a good song. 
No idea what you're on about. You do. Um, it was on... Um, um, it was the end song on... Are them three people who kill people? One of them. You're talking about Freebird. Freebird. When did she ever play that? Every fucking you morning. You give out whenever I play it. Every single morning. Ev- and I mean every morning. I don't remember that, but I'll take your word for it. But uh, <laughs> to do with Stephen King. So it's to do with what he listens to while he writes. Okay. okay. Um, so he said that he listens to a lot of techno, you know, anything that's easy to listen to. You don't have to listen, you know, intently to the lyrics. Yeah. And that's, yeah, what I wrote down is about me. I can totally relate and I will play the shit out of a song on repeat, non-stop. Yep. Um, or another big one for me is whether it's a song or just an artist. I'll go through like my Beyonce phase or whatever. It'll be Beyonce, then it'll be Michael Jackson. It could be blink Then it'll be, then it'll be Marilyn Nicki Manson. Minaj. Then it'll be Marilyn Manson. Then, you know. I'm all over the gap. <laughs> I'm all over the gaff. I like so many different types of music, but it like so often it'll be like, I love this person this week. And yeah. it's just intense. And Neil gets very sick of it. Yeah, like sometimes I worry. Like, um, yeah, you say I, that I different seem... artists are like from my different moods or something. N- not, not so much different artists. It's just when you start listening to the likes of uh, Blink 182, Sum 41. Stuff from that genre, it's like, she's fucking depressed. Oh, you mean like my emo phase? Is that what it is? (laughs) (laughs) I always get worried, but you're depressed. I know. Yeah, but I just, I thought that was, um, it's not like a story as such. I thought it was just a funny thing. Like, I mean, in fairness to his wife, she's also a writer. So she? Yeah. So maybe she's like, in the next room over or something trying to write and she's just got one, two. <laughs> she's like, what the fuck? <laughs> Bless her. Do you know what he is? It's Peter Griffin. Yes, bird is the word. Yeah. Yes, basically. <laughs> like I just, and I love that he's like, oh, I played that a lot. Like, <laughs> it's just so Trying funny. to give it up. Yeah, basically. But there you go. There's, there's something that hopefully took the edge off a bit for you. All right. Thank you for that. Thank you for listening to the Mortal Musings Podcast. If you're interested in supporting the podcast and hearing extra content, subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash Mortal Musings Podcast. You can also find us on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Mortal Musings Podcast or email us at Mortal Musings Podcast at gmail.com. Mortal Musings.